This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. Another top ten for the 88, fifth in points. I thought that race stunk, though, Mike. Well, I disagreed, but let's talk about it. All right, firework. The Dale Jr. download starts now. We will bring in Jeff Gluck from USA Today, and TJ Majors is in studio, the spotter for the 88 and the 7. With Mike Davis, I'm Taylor Zarzer, and I'm standing by what I said there. I mean, listen, I'm glad he finished eighth. Another top ten, fifth in points. What, what, What did you find entertaining about that race? The last lap. That was good.H okay, the last <laughs> lap did you miss the first uh again yeah, you know what well, junior got up in there in the top you five missed the I, first hundred and fifty nine laps I wouldn't say the race stunk. it wasn't my most favorite Taylor. What did you enjoy about it i I enjoyed uh seeing junior up there in the top five. he got at the third um i saw i I enjoyed seeing him finish in the top ten. I know that that's not what we want, and that's not uh you know ideal, especially with Jimmy Johnson winning. But I've got a stat that'll uh, blow you away as far as people thinking about, uh, you know, how a lot of people think that Junior's plate performance has been really poor this year. And I've got a statistic for you here in a second. But I don't know. I, listen, it wasn't my most favorite race. Uh, everybody's got an opinion. I respect yours. And I can actually understand why you're saying that, to be honest with you. Because we have this expectation at Daytona yep. and Talladega yep. because of phenomenal races in the past. Yes. And we've got this. It's a it's a high standard to meet. And this year, those plate races have not met that standard. So I completely understand what you're saying. Hey, listen, TJ. I I've, I know it was a long time ago, but but I remember Dale Earnhardt Jr. destroying the field all weekend in 2004, winning Daytona. I, I remember three years ago at Daytona going from 22nd to to second in three green white checkered. So I remember in Talladega two years ago him pushing the 48 around the track from 20th to, to first and fourth. I know it's a new uh, and it's a new car with the Gen 6. I know they finished eighth last night. I'm not trying to say they stink at this. I'm just saying I remember the guy that looked as good, if not better, than anyone at this. And now with the new format, the new system, the new car, it just seems like he's one of the guys in the pack, and that's that's a little frustrating. Yeah, I don't – See, I think uh, I think the competition is a little bit different now. I think it's definitely went up, and with uh, switching to different cars, you know, it obviously evens the playing field out a lot more. But see, I disagree though because we still have really good finishes. We just haven't had that 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 victory there that that you know keeps it going. You know, and so people don't. We kind of it's easier for us to blend in, but we do have a lot of top fives and a lot of good runs that um that you don't really people don't really remember because it's not a win but I, I we're still right there we just need to get through the just need to get our foot through the door a little bit further and get the win okay well just to make sure everybody understands my position here i'm not trying to say dale jr is no good at this i i understand where he's finishing in these races he finished second in daytona uh in the 500 he finished eighth uh here saturday night so i, I understand that still statistically he's right there i'm not disagree i'm not saying yeah, that that's not still, the case it's turned into a track position race there almost well too that's now, though. that that's is my right. point it's a track position race it used to be in one lap or half a lap dale jr could say i'm gonna sit here in the back and in half a lap i'll be in the front and if you if you watched him do this for literally a decade this is hard to transition to yeah it's just when now that the field, I mean, now at Daytona and stuff, there's so much more competition there that if you get back to 20th, the track's blocked yeah. before you could get through there. So there's there's literally no way. And uh, it's just so hard to do now. And um, 
you know, you can't get you, – it's so hard to get four or five of them lined up with the roll packages we have now to and take off like that. Everyone – just a big dogfight from about 6th to about 20th, and if you can – there's no way you can stay in the same lane to make it through it the whole time. Now, Taylor, you know? are you talking about Daytona or plate racing in general? More Daytona, I think. Because because we cannot forget what David Reagan no, did no. at Talladega I think in the last plate race, and I, he came from the middle of the pack to, yeah. to no, from nowhere – up to win that race. More Daytona than anything because I, I felt like Daytona 500 and the, the Firecracker 400, Coke Zero, whatever we're calling it these days, um, it, it was a complete track position race. There wasn't as nearly as much competition for spots. You just had these two huge packs, and I don't know. I mean, I just didn't see – I'm used to watching all the competition for spots in the, in the Daytona 500 or any time they go to Daytona. We didn't see that. No, the only the only person that made it back up through really was Jimmy, because the the twenty nine fourteen all them got cars caught that caution, and that's how they kept their their track position up there. They caught that caution in the middle of the pit stop that one time, and then they restarted up front and stayed up there. They were riding around in the back, but they stayed out an extra lap, and then we had a caution for debris or the twenty blew a tire or something, and that's how they got their track position. And everyone else had to fight to back up through there, and um, the forty eight's the only one that really made it. Okay, we'll talk more about this and yell and scream a little bit more in a minute. But let's uh, let's hear some clips. Uh, lap one thirteen, uh, some green flag racing uh, going on right now. Dale Jr. had been running in the top five. He was third at the halfway point. He tried to go to the outside lane. It cost him a bunch of spots. You heard uh, TJ talking a lot here. Let's hear this. Go outside, outside. 83 car, 43 is one behind him. Just the 43, no one else behind him for a wait. DJ, talk a little bit about what you said off the air before we started this, about why it seemed uh, the top lane just ultimately lost every time they were on a long green flag. Yeah, run. you know the top lane would make some make some moves towards the front, but about six or eight cars deep in that line, you, you know the the way to be faster is to pin the bottom lane down in the corner and then get away from them on the straightaway, like way away from. Them. But guys back there see the you know six or seven cars deep in that line see an opportunity through the middle. And, you know, they're racing, so they're like, oh, you know, and, and they, you can make a little bit of ground up, but it slows that whole lane down. You know, and if they stay in line for five or six laps, they can start making a spot, maybe, you know, every other lap or something and, and making ground up. But it's really hard for them guys to be patient back there and see that. And, and a lot of them probably don't even know they're hurting anything. They just see they're gaining a spot, but they're they're really losing a spot because they might gain a spot in the outside lane, but they're losing one to the inside row. So, and they don't, they probably don't see it that way, but, you know, I've just watched it a lot, so I've noticed it. I had somebody tweet me and said, you know, why is Junior not going to the outside? That is where you win at Daytona. You go to the outside, and I'm like, are you not watching this race? He's twi- tried it twice, and he's gone backwards both times. And yeah. when we listen to this clip right here, he's running in, let's see here, what, he, he's running like 22nd. He restarted nine laps earlier in fifth, and that's when he's riding – in fifth, and then he goes to the outside to try to make a move. And this is also one of the things you got to remember is these guys are spending the first 100, 110 laps just kind of seeing what their car is able to do and what line's working. And so this is the time to kind of 
get a feel for what your car is going to be able to do for those last 10, 20 laps. That being said, he tried something going to the outside, and he went backwards. It yeah. didn't work. It's just there's so many factors that you probably can't see on TV yeah. and stuff that I see that, that factor into it. It's who gets a run in front of you, if they take it, if they bump the guy, if they lift too much. If that guy lifts a little bit too much or drags the brake too much, it slows that whole lane down a little bit more. And there's just so many so many other factors that really matter into it. If you don't have someone behind you, it doesn't you're not going to take off as fast. There's just so many things involved in it. I think if you're watching the 88, the hardest thing in watching a Daytona plate race is conditioning yourself to know that the top groove isn't going to work for the 88. Oh, not yeah. only is the top groove not going to work, but he invents his own top groove above the top groove. The junior the, line. The junior line, which is yeah. which is the wall. Right. You know, and, and he picks up spot after spot after spot for a decade. And you can't do that anymore, and that's what's frustrating. Let's hear uh, the final pit stop here. This is uh, Dale Jr.'s in 14th position at lap 127 under the fourth caution, and they were thinking about taking gas only, but they decided to take some tires. Here we go. Got 28 to go and take the green. I'm thinking we're going to probably do gas only here. That's about what everybody will do. It ain't going to be that hard to get you know, back up to where I am now. There ain't really nobody racing back here. You know, they'll just sit around the line. You want to be like everybody else? We ain't even been leading this race. We ain't been fast enough to do tires or something. Give ourselves a little bit of an edge. Done wrecking. We can put four tires on it. Brace it from here. So we'll put four tires on it. Take one and a half out of the left rear. Makes a lot of sense to me why Dale Jr. wanted to do that, TJ. Your thoughts on that? Because, you know, again, yeah, nobody, so. was, nobody was really running around racing uh, back there. So easily with four tires, he could get back up there. We weren't going to come out with the lead. And the only yeah. way to really do that is if you come out in first or second, really. And that wasn't going to happen. So... We might as well, and there was a couple good wrecks, so you don't want to take, you know, you might as well, if you're not going to gain anything by it, if you're just, might as well try to give yourself an edge for the end, so, and where he was running there, it was, it was pretty easy to get back, you know, to, to where he was, no problem, so the four tires at that point was definitely going to be a benefit to us. Not only that, but are you not thinking at the same time, okay, I can get back here to this point pretty easy, but matching up against the guy that's been dominating the race, if you're on equal footing with Jimmy Johnson at that point, you got to think that it's going to be hard to beat. But if you have four tires, maybe it's worth the gamble because Jimmy's been dominating this race so far. Maybe we can take on tires and see if that gives us an advantage. Let's, uh, let's hear uh, some strategizing for the green-white checker here as well. Uh, with two la under caution on lap 158, you got a green-white checker that's about to happen, and uh, Dale Jr. is trying to forecast what was going to happen next. All right, it's open. We will stay out, buddy. Stay out. Man, I'm on the inside again. I think we got to get in that middle. Copy that, bud. Like that 15 did. The 9 tried to make a hole in the middle. He was pushing Jimmy on the outside, then the 5 was inside of there. Pretty sure this will take us to a green-white checker. Is this the first attempt? Um, no. We're going to take the green. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's two to go right now. This is the first attempt. Everybody shut all the electrical old. We'll help you here. TJ, you count them down from here. TJ, talk about what Junior said there about the 15, because uh, Boyer's running around in 30th all night, and all of a sudden he used the middle groove and finished third in the race. Yeah, you just if, if it opens up right, you can just get a good run through the middle, and uh, you don't want to be there. You want you want to be the middle before anywhere else, really, because the bottom lane, the bottom or top always thin out. You know, three lanes don't stay strong. One of them always loses people, and the middle always seems to have people in it, so you're always going to have drafting help there, and... Um, you know, eventually the guy in front of it gets a good enough run and, and usually does something or gets, you know, they 
they just weed each other out of it. So it just kind of like it just keeps opening up, you know, and and um, it just seems to keep making progress. So it's never the lane that really loses unless you're there by yourself. So and that that really doesn't happen too often there now. No. Let me tell you why that made me nervous though. So you're going to a green white checkered. You want to be in the middle. Sandwiched. Guess where that ends up oftentimes? On the back I mean, of a rollback. I'd rather be in the middle, to be honest with you. Cause no, I understand that the line is two moving. walls right there. No, I understand that. But I'm just saying, man, you knew that there was going to be a crash. You didn't know there was going to be two crashes. Your point is, Mike, you can't avoid a where wreck in go? the middle. Where do you go? You can't avoid it. And, and I remember uh, in the Daytona 500 this year, listening to this fella, TJ, for what seemed like 15 minutes Still in the middle. Still in the middle. Yeah, You're still right. in the middle. Still in the middle. Get out of the middle. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'd rather be in the middle there sometimes, too. But the, the scary part about it is if someone in your row or the row behind you gets hooked a little bit, they're all. Close your eyes. Yeah, close your eyes. <laughs> you're, you're probably getting hit. So. All right, Dale Jr. Uh, got some more points. So he's now fifth in the standings. He finishes eighth on the night. Here is what he had to say after the race. Yeah, Jimmy had a good uh, track position all night. We really uh, just didn't really make our way to the front at all. Uh, we, we passed some cars here and there, but had fun. Uh, pretty wild race there at the end and happy for HMS to get a win. And We had a problem with a, with a car, uh, the right front calipers broke off right there at the end and uh, could, uh, could hardly steer it coming into the pits here. But it, uh, it was a good day. What are you going to do, you know? Happy with Nash Guard. Hope everybody had a good July 4th week, uh, weekend, and we'll go to the next one. You know, you know what? The, this this cracked me up because at the end of a restrictor plate race, I've said it a lot of times, if you can finish the race, you you love plate racing. If you don't, if you don't finish, you hate it. Burn it up. And, and the difference of interview. You remember the yeah. interviews with Dale Jr. last year when he was caught up in the wrecks? And he was like, that was bloodthirsty. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. know, just if you can finish the race, that dictates on your feelings about restrictor plate racing until the next time you go back. <laughs> That's true. What was you wrong know, with the brake caliber, by the way? I don't know. It broke. It broke after after the race there coming down to pit road, I guess. I was probably on the second story of, in the stairwell. <laughs> trying to get back, you know, trying to get back. So should, track, we, so should we feel good that that wasn't uh, a four hundred and one mile race there because uh, uh, or was I, that just happened yeah. because of all the debris? Maybe I just think it wrecks? was just probably coming to pit road or or I don't know. Yeah, we might maybe lucky out there wasn't another pit stop. Yeah, yeah, I, and it, it's funny what you say there, Mike, about finishing the race because I guess Danica Patrick did finish the race, wrecked, uh, finished the race, but she used to run in the top five top six, top seven all night, and she, and she does finish 14th, but she lost six or seven, eight spots there in the last 200 feet. You know? Yeah, she did a really good job. Yeah. She did a really good job. So it's, um, it's, it's, you're right about that. It is crazy to watch. Hey, one more thought before we get to Jeff Gluck and bring him in here. TJ, you're going to hear a lot of people, I'm sure, on Reaction Theater, and you hear me complaining. I, I don't know what the solution is. But I want a more entertaining Daytona 500. The late, great David Poole and I used to yell and scream at each other like crazy about this. He'd say, you want to see carnage? You want to see wrecking? This is not racing. You know, he used to scream at me like that. And, but I loved the Gen 4 car at, at Daytona. I loved that car at Daytona. You had predominantly packed racing. But if you and one or two or three of your buddies decided to go and make the junior line up top, or in the middle, or way down at the bottom, all of a sudden you could gain positions like no matter where, no matter what was going on in the big packs. I did not like the two-car tango at all. Couldn't stand that. 
but I preferred the old Gen 4 car plate racing. What do you? How about you, TJ? See, I think I, I like it. I actually kind of liked the race. Um, I mean, they're they're obviously not as spectacular as what they have been in the past, but I think um, I think they're actually pretty good races. They're, those guys are still racing hard, and um, I just think um, we we've had we've been spoiled with some some of the stuff that they've tried in the past, and and had you know the 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 big forty car packs, huge packs and stuff. And you know, if you go fifteen years ago, there was only yeah. ten cars on the lead lap. You know what I mean? Look at what we got now. We got. 25 of them crossing the line within two and a half seconds of each other. You know what I mean? So we, we, I think we've been spoiled. To, to you're, you're right about that. I've definitely been spoiled. I, I just like pulling out a line and be able to uh, gain some spots. How about you, Mike? I mean, I, I don't think I, – I think that that happened uh, Saturday. I, I think that there was some of that – It just it's a lot harder, and it is a track position race now, and that just kind of – it kind of deflates the – the pop that those plate races used to have and, the, yes. and all the passing. And, you know, when we think of plate racing, we think of one of those remarkable performances ever. What do we think about? We think about Talladega 2000 yeah. when Dale Sr. went from the back to the front in about three laps. I was in the grandstands for that race. I was in college. And it was still – it was so remarkable to see uh, that, you know, you, you just want to keep having races just like yeah. that. I don't think you'll see it anymore. Like, I don't think you'll see that. The playing field's so even now with the roles they got. You don't have – before I used to go, and when Junior's in the eight car, you knew the DEI cars were going to be fast. You know what I mean? And now, you now the the playing field's so even, you don't have those cars that can get together and really dominate stuff like that. Man, yeah. Mike Davis just said track position race. No, I, d- a plate I race, disagree. and you're right. Yeah, yeah, that's hard to swallow, man. Yeah. I will say this. I want to throw this out. You know, uh, the 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 people that are talking about how Dell Junior's plate performances this year have been down. I want to say that. And I know we're just taking the average finish through three races, and I'm comparing them to the previous years of four races. We still have another race to go. That's noted. But right now, Dale Jr.'s average finish this year is 9.0. That is the best average finish at the, at the plate races since 2004. 2004, which was a sick year because he didn't finish worse than third, and he had two wins. All right, so that's that, his average finish that year was 1.75. Since then, 15, 18, 28, 13, 19, 14, 18, 11 and a half last year. He's at 9.0 right now. His plate racing has actually been better this year than it has in the last nine years. So I got a pretty good average. <laughs> yeah. It all went downhill when TJ started spotting for him. I'm kidding. There's only one snack food here at Dirty Mo Radio, and that's Dale Jr. Potato Chips. Go to DaleJRFoods.com to find a store that carries them or place an order for yourself. That's DaleJrFoods.com. Let's speed dial. Speed dial. This guy is one of the very best uh, in motorsports reporting uh, from USA Today. He is Jeff Gluck. You want to talk about a guy that works his tail off for three or four days, running around like crazy, getting information. I've witnessed it up close and personal. Does a hell of a job. And all right, Gluck, we we have a little bit of a debate going on here in the studio today about uh, plate racing, Daytona racing. Um, how enjoyable that race was, how Daytona plate racing now is a track position race. What is your perspective on it? Do you enjoy this kind of racing? Do you think this is the best um, for the sport now, or did you like? Did you prefer it four, five, six, seven, eight, ten years ago? Well, I, I think like probably a lot of people, I liked it back in the day where I feel like you could make moves and come up the, through the field. And um, I mean, I know this is a Dale Jr. related show, and I'm not trying to kiss up, but I mean, back back in that time when Dale Jr. was winning a lot of races, I feel like 
that was the best time that I've seen with it because drivers, yeah, you were still in a pack, but you could control your own destiny and you could make these cool moves and weave up there. And um, I like that a lot better. And and here's the thing. I mean, you know, everybody's like, oh, do you, do you like packs or tandems and all that stuff? And I think that the pack is really still an evolution because you have to remember in February there was like a single file line on the top and nobody was coming off it. And every everybody that tried to make a move on the low lane, that was it. And then um, on Saturday night, um, the top lane worked for a while, the low lane worked for a while, and it seemed like both lanes were kind of even. And, you know, because they don't really do a lot of drafting practice, I, I feel like they're still trying to figure out what works. And it's like a slow, it's like you're watching the slow evolution. And like every time we come back to Daytona, it's gonna, they're going to learn a little bit more and understand a little bit more. And, I mean, if you think about it, that's how the tandems came up in the first place because, you know, they could have done the tandems for a few years in the COT before they actually figured out, like, hey, we could push for a long time. And But it just it became, you know, kind of an evolution. So I don't think, like, this is the final – like, what we're seeing now, I mean, yeah, it's not that compelling, but ultimately it's going to get better, I think. I, I hope, but um, I don't think this is the final product. I think that's a great point, and it's something that we actually failed to mention. Of course, we had to bring in the expert here to to remind us uh, of, of the good points. Well, how but do you basically, know I'm not pulling that out of my butt. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, you're right. I mean, with the Gen Six car, they are still in the learning process of what these cars will do. But that leads to my next question, Jeff. Why is Jimmy Johnson so stinking good at it? <laughs> I know, right? Isn't that crazy? It's like before. Everybody's like, oh, Jimmy, you know, he can win everything else, but, man, does he stuck on play track. <laughs> and, then, you know, he, like, <laughs> crashed twice last year, and he had no luck, and he looked really human, and everybody's like, oh, welcome to, you know, you're down to the normal person level. You're not Superman anymore. And then he goes and wins the Daytona 500, and then he freaking dominates uh, on yeah. Saturday night. Like, not even, I mean, he was, like, by far the best car. It looked like a mile-and-a-half track race where he's just, whooping the whole field and could do whatever he wants in his car. And um, I guess that's probably pretty discouraging for a lot of people. And um, I don't I don't blame them because it's just like, geez, I mean, he wins every week everywhere else anyway. And now he's going to, you know, the, the plate track's supposed to be random, like right. roulette wheel, lottery stuff. And, right. and David Reagan wins. David Reagan. <laughs> just kind of like, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. I don't know what the answer is. I mean, I guess they've just. They're you know, good. Chad Magic Make them or sit. <laughs> sit them out. Sit them out. <laughs> a good, Gluck has a good point, though, about it's going to get better. With the, we, you know, you'd have to think so, and, and he's right about the practice. Is they're, they're, I don't, they're, they're still, he's right about the learning thing. I can see it. Those guys are racing hard, that, and they're thinking every lap because you can see, like, Biffle there in the beginning. I don't know if you can see him. He was side-drafting the guy right against the wall, dang near putting them both in the wall, just learning it, you know what I mean, and watching it and seeing where the run would happen after that. And, those guys are racing hard. I mean, everyone thinks they're just kind of riding there. They're not. I mean, I can see it. They are really trying hard. They're still learning it. And then, like, like I was telling you earlier, they're figuring out how to move the outside lane, how to move the bottom lane. And they're, I think we're probably another couple races from seeing it get pretty good. A good point about Johnson, too, is uh, he has really been great this year at, uh, obviously, Daytona. Uh, but he, he watched the last two hours of the 2012 Daytona 500 from his house in Charlotte. <laughs> he got wrecked by Sadler and the first 12 seconds uh, and uh, and watched most of the race uh, last year. So, But he has a hell of a point lead right now. He's going to bring he's, Elliott back. He's got, uh, he's got 49 uh, point lead over Clint Boyer. 
Dale Jr.'s fifth in the points right now, Jeff. He's had a handful of top fives, two handfuls worth of top tens. How would you assess his season, though? Still obviously needs some wins. Well, I still feel like, and I mean, um, I'm, I'm sure TJ could weigh in on this more than I could, but I, I feel like a lot of weeks that it seems like they have a fifth to tenth place car, but not necessarily a top five car sometimes. And if you're, I mean, you know, they know that they need more speed and, and they need to be running running up front and leading laps and winning races because in the chase you're going to have to probably win, you know, at least two races, three races, and you're going to have to fill in a lot of the rest with top five. And if you get top tens a lot in the chase, you know, just eighth, ninth, seventh, um, a lot of times you lose points and you lose positions because it, it feels like so often in the chase you look at the, the top ten, it's like, oh, eight of the top ten were chase drivers. So obviously they're still trying to position themselves, but um, I think right now, I would guess that they want more speed and um, they want more consistent speed to get up kind of in the top five every week when they unload and, and be able to run up front. Yeah, I definitely think we, we you always want more speed. Um, I feel like every time we've had a shot to run in the top three and put ourselves in position for a win, we've we just had something bad happen. The caution comes out when we're on pit road. We, we hit a tire rolling across the track from, from the apron. Um, we blow a motor, just something, just random stuff's been happening that, 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 that I feel has happened on our fastest weekends. All right, Jeff, two things I need to, I need you to weigh in on. Cause I'm just, I'm really interested to hear your response. One was, did NASCAR do the right thing by letting that race play out? We didn't actually talk about that in our open, but there were two crashes, one, uh, uh two crashes on the final lap, one over there in turn one and two, and then there at the end. Did NASCAR do the right thing by letting them race that out? And the second thing I want you to weigh in on is just the ongoing debate about the TV coverage. I mean, everybody I know is an expert in TV coverage. If you didn't know that, just go to Twitter. But but frankly, I know that you and I, even I got a little bit into that debate uh, with some of the fans over the weekend. And um, I just I want to get your take on both those things. Well, I, I think with the caution thing, um, you know, it's, it's almost more important to me that NASCAR is consistent than – what we think is right, because I just want them to, to do the same thing every time. And I think that they did on Saturday, because that wreck was at the back of the field, and, and they've the last few years, I feel like, or at least the last couple years, I mean, it's hard to find much consistency for a few years in a row, but, you know, it seems like they've been waiting to throw the caution and let the race finish out if they can. And um, obviously the risk for getting somebody hurt or, or a lot of, you know, tearing up equipment as they did at the finish, that goes up if you let them keep racing. But, I'm, you know, when that wreck happened, I'm like, well, I'm thinking in my mind, no, no doubt they're going to let it finish out because that's just what they've been doing. So I almost thought, well, that's the right call because it goes along with the other calls. So maybe, you know, you could get into a whole different debate of whether, you know, for safety purposes or whether, you know, because – 99% of the time, that's caution if it's not the last lap, right? But, you know, I, I, I like it. I like seeing it play out. Fortunately, nobody was hurt. and um, But I think, you know, it, it, they try to get the fans a good finish and, and a good result and something that they can show on SportsCenter instead of calling the caution in turn one. Um, but on the, you know, the other topic, the TV stuff, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's hard for me to say because I'm sitting there watching everything live almost every week, and I'm really lucky to be able to say that. But I can see out of the corner of my eye, you know, we have the TV monitors up in up in the media center and in the press box, 
and it's like, you know, you'll see, you'll look up, and you'll be like, dang, I thought they were just in commercial. That's kind of crazy. And you look down and watch the race. You look up, they're still in commercial, or they're in commercial again. And people on Twitter were getting so angry about it that I started paying closer attention maybe than I usually would. And I feel like the level of anger on Twitter about the commercials was something, I mean, we've seen it before. I mean, people have gotten mad before, but this was really, really extreme. And I, I thought maybe it was because, there was so you know that that race is pretty green for a long time, and maybe they have a commercials and they were hoping for yellows to try to fit some in, and they're just throwing them in during green because they're like, hey, you know, we got 20 laps to go, we gotta we gotta show these. But you know, it's it's unfortunate because the TV ratings were still high, and that shows you that NASCAR fans. I mean, yeah, nobody likes it, and everybody wants wishes it would change, and you could see the, the race more, but people didn't turn off the TV. And so if people don't turn off the TV, there's no incentive for them to change at all. Like, it's, they know that you're loyal and that you're going to put up with it, even if you don't like it, because you want to watch it. You like NASCAR. So you're not going to change the channel. You're not going to say, ah, you know, screw this. I'm just going to go do something else. And so it's never going to change. And, and that's kind of depressing, but I think that's the reality. Very good perspective uh, from Jeff Gluck here, USA Today. He is a uh, must-follow on Twitter, uh, especially when races are going on, as he has the pulse of what's going on there at the track. Jeff underscore Gluck is his handle. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. You guys have a good one. Thanks, Jeff. See you, buddy. One last thing to say about the, the TV stuff before we go to Reaction Theater, guys, is TNT is playing just as many commercials as Fox was or that ESPN will. TNT has had horrible luck when they've gone to commercial break this year. They really have. They've come out of commercial break and said, oh, we had a wreck. You can't determine, hey, guys, you know what? We think there's about to be a really big crash on the track, so we're going to go to commercial and show you the dude from Varsity Blues. I, they, they don't know that that's about to happen. They've had terrible luck with that. So that's, that's one thing to remember. The other thing to remember is this. TNT has six races. Fox has 13. ESPN has 17. When you have six races, you're not going to be able to have the same infrastructure. I mean, they're committed. But you're not going to be able to have the same commitment as a as a network that has 13 races or 17 races. It, when NASC, I'm sure we're going to see a new television package here in the next couple of years, and we'll see how it all shakes out. But I, I thought I think obviously with the ratings and everything, I think TNT does a pretty good job for six races. I think the mo I think the argument that people have. Even TNT happens to be the one broadcasting the race right now. I think their argument is actually with all of the all of the networks. I mean, because I heard yeah. the same complaints yeah, with Fox, exactly. same with TNT, and I think there is actually some substance to their argument because there are a lot of commercials. So whether these people need to just yeah. take less money, oh, oh, well, could we well, possibly ever do that or or something? But the fact of the side, matter is, I think I think the biggest problem, Mike, is is people want to see more side by side coverage. You know, they'd yeah. love to see side by side coverage forever, and TNT, I think, invented that. You know, so yeah, I, I don't think it was so much a TNT thing. I think it's just, and plus, fans have a forum to voice their complaints during the race, and that's speaking that's one of, of things. Yeah. here is that forum. <laughs> it's time now for Reaction Theater. This is my summary of the race: TNT sucks. Kyle Petty sucks. Danica sucks. NASCAR sucks. And oh, by the way, I hate Kyle Busch. <laughs> Good. What is it Man. you say, Tyler? Happy Monday to you, too. Yeah. At least my name began thrown in there. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and Mike Hogg, no. <laughs> That's Next. funny.
I know some people may call in and might be upset because the 88 car didn't win, but coming down on that last green white checkered, I knew that there was no other driver I'd rather be pulling for because Junior just flat knows how to get it done. Eighth place finish with all that carnage, we didn't end up in the fence. I say it's a good day. Good job, Junior. If it, you know, I, I think one thing we certainly should say is he drove a very smart race, and he has done that twice at Daytona this year with a lot of trouble around him. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I like his uh, opinion. I think it's pretty good. <laughs> Next. Hey, boys. I just want to know how Jimmy Johnson can lead almost every lap at a restrictor plate race. That boy is untouchable, it seems. Hey, props to Dale Jr. He ran a clean race. He ran a good race, and I'm proud of him. And, hey, he was running behind Danica for a little while, and I was worried he might put a bumper to her. And he didn't because that would have been all over Sports Center. <laughs> sure would. And, and that's exactly what Junior was thinking. He was thinking about Sports Center uh, <laughs> yeah. in, in those closing laps. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Johnson, by the way, guys, is right now one of the three or four greatest drivers in the history of the sport. I mean, deal with it. Deal that's, with yeah. it. That that's is the, right. That it's is the fact. Tr- that is right. the truth. It is. He beats the best of the best every week. Next. Well, it was a, it was a right race there. Good points race from my boy Earnhardt. Uh, or uh, Jimmy Johnson, kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he can be one of the top three or four greatest yeah. drivers of all time, but kiss my ass. <laughs> yeah, he's a Jimmy fan for sure. <laughs> Next. Watching the 48 go back to victory lane, I can't stand that son of a bitch. And Casey Kane can actually thank him for causing Ambrose to wreck him. It wasn't all Ambrose. J.J. started that wreck. That <laughs> son of a <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want to go back to that tweet that Jimmy sent when the race uh, in Kentucky got postponed to Sunday. Rain tonight. J- blame J.J. Blame J.J. Everything's yeah. his fault. I mean, I don't know. Listen, he – people need to enjoy it when he wins because he might be the best ever in the sport. But, but, no, but wait a second. We've weighed in on everything except whether Jimmy caused that wreck uh, with Casey. Did Jimmy cause it or did Ambrose cause it? T.J., what did you think? Uh, just to me – Watching it, I I think the nine was way more aggressive than what he needed to be, and he probably he saw an opportunity and and tried to take it, and and uh, I don't think those two really expected it or um, thought it was going to happen. I thought it was a little aggressive and and probably a little early for it, and it probably. I mean, was, it was it was towards the end of the race. It yeah. wasn't. Yeah, the last but few I mean, laps, just but. just the move of where it was at on the track too. I mean, it was just. That's the truth. Yeah, it's it not really where you do it. It almost like he overreacted. Yeah, I mean, it's like. I saw I it Jimmy coming made before contact, that. But I didn't think Jimmy punted him across the no, track. No, <laughs> he was like, doing stuff earlier than that that you probably didn't see. And I, I told Steve on the digital, I mean, I'm going to need to watch this guy because oh, really? he, he was one of the guys that was trying to make stuff happen and, and thread the needle where it probably shouldn't have been threaded. And, and it ended up, he almost got there. We need access to that digital scanner. Yes, we do. <laughs> Next. Jimmy Johnson is not a team player. He caused that wreck because he didn't want Casey Kane to win, so he caused Ambrose to hit him. That's all I got to say. I hate that fool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Us, it did give us a spot. Yeah. Next. I'm getting sick and tired of these races coming down to track position. Back in the day when Dale Sr. went from 18th to 1st in four laps at Talladega, guess what? They had this thing called a roof spoiler. NASCAR, why won't you go back to that? That thing lets you punch such a big hole in the air, you can slingshot around other cars by yourself. Guess what? Now you can't hardly do that. Please, NASCAR, go back to some of the old rules packages so that you can make this restricted plate racing better. Well, I don't know that that's the reason. Um, I think the more, I think the reason more is 
it is that we got to get used to drafting, practice, etc. What to do, what not to do in the car. It's the second time they've gone to Daytona in the new package. I do agree, though, it was a lot more fun to watch, you know, back in the day. But maybe a year or two from now, it'll be that much fun again. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm trying to think back. I really don't know. But the roof spoiler, you know, I, I'd forgotten all about that roof spoiler until I heard this caller. Did they not take that away because they thought it was too dangerous? Uh, that there yeah. was too much passing. Yeah, there, there was just too much, man. I'd rather I'd rather put all the cars' numbers in a hat and throw them out, pull them out one at a time, and see your finishing position. Go back to <laughs> I that. I couldn't remember. Yeah, and and that was awesome. What senior did 13 years ago? I'm telling you though, you go back and you YouTube 2010 Daytona 500 and watch Dale Jr. on those last green white checkers is the craziest thing you've ever seen. 20 second to second. Next. First off, good run, Junior. Great finish. Great day in the points. But I really wanted to make this call to talk about TJ Majors. He gets a lot of grief and whatnot, but I think he's one of the best spotters in NASCAR. I listen to a lot of the audio from the other spotters when Junior blows his engine or something goes wrong and just periodically throughout the race. And from what I can hear, I think he's one of the best in the garage. So keep it up, TJ. Let's move forward and uh, get some wins because we all know we need them. Good of your dad to call. Yeah, what's well, yeah. nice of Mister <laughs> Majors. Yeah, that sounded young, ain't it? Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. <laughs> Do you catch grief? I didn't know you caught that much grief. Yeah, not like it has, yeah, not not as bad as what it has been. You know, like, there's days where I know uh, yeah. where when he gets in the car and I ask if he can hear me, I don't hear anything. I know it's going to be a an inter, uh, you know a fun practice or something, but uh, uh, it's not too bad now. There's an epic story of Dale Junior versus TJ. Uh, from yeah. several years ago. We'll tell that on another episode. But <laughs> oh, that, I can't that wait to hear that. Next. Hey, another race, another missed opportunity. Uh, I'd like to see you guys discuss uh, Daryl Walter's comment that Dale Jr. needs to be more aggressive to win a race. I didn't know what DW said about Dale Jr. He must Jr. have said that on speed. Yeah. I didn't hear that. Well, I mean, there's a reason why I don't know what DW said about Jr. I, I've kind of quit listening to what DW says about Jr. Yeah, I don't know. Aggressive, aggressive to me up front got wrecked, so. I mean, I, I mean, I, he's just trying to drive a smart race, and and uh, you know maybe if he was aggressive, we finished thirtieth, and then we're we're back there battling for points. Yeah, I can say this. Uh, you know, people have talked about Dell Jr.'s aggressiveness this year on Reaction Theater, or whatever. But I'm going to tell you, if you look at, I, we can start naming races, and it's, if you keep talking about 2010, if you want to talk about an aggressive driver, the most aggressive driver out there was Dell Jr. No doubt about it. And and uh, I don't think he's lost any aggression. Absolutely not. I think that he drives a smart race, and I he tries to keep the fenders on that thing. Yeah, he's again, aggressive but smart. Yeah, again, he is right now averaging better at plate races this year than he has in nine years, and you do that by by keeping the fenders on it. I, you know, yeah, He don't like I think wrecking be- people either. Like, he really yeah. doesn't like taking people out. Next. I'll tell you what, my Twitter feed was pretty pissed off tonight from the command of start engines to TNT's coverage, J.J. winning another damn race. But the way I see it, a pit crew is awesome. We dodged big wrecks all night, finished eighth on a night where we never had any track position. We're fifth in points. Regan's leading the Nationwide Series. My plane didn't crash, and I get an extra day to nurse this epic hangover I'm going to have tomorrow. As far as I'm concerned, happy birthday, America. (laughs) There you go, Dan, the junior fan. Appreciate you, my friend. Reaction Theater is open 24-7. All you have to do is call toll-free 1-855. 740-1902. That's 1-855-740-1902. And leave us your voicemail message. And we'll play the best each week right here on Dirty Mo Radio. And don't forget, this podcast is brought to you by Dale Jr. Potato Chips. Go to DaleJrFoods.com to find out where you can get yours today.
Let's throw the white flag. In case you missed it last week, Junior Motorsports announced Speedco as the primary sponsor for Regan Smith's number seven Chevrolet at Chicagoland Speedway next weekend. That's the STP 300 on July 21st. Regan currently has a six-point lead over Sam Hornish and a 14-point lead over Elliott Sadler in the Nationwide Series point standings. Our Great Clips hairstyle contest is winding down, and man, oh, man, one, one contestant has just got serious. He's got more than 1,000 votes. Now you can go to the Junior Motorsports Facebook page to vote, or you can enter your own photo to try to win one of these many great prize packages that we have. It's pretty easy. And don't forget there are many ways to access Dirty Mo' Radio, one of which is to subscribe to the Dell Junior Download via iTunes. Thanks to all of you who have already done that, and thanks to all of you who have uh, given us great ratings. Uh, keep them coming. Absolutely. Finally, both the Na- Nationwide Series and the Sprint Cup Series will be in Loudon, New Hampshire this weekend. The Nationwide Race will be on will be televised by ABC this Saturday at 3.30 p.m. Dirty Mo' Time. The Cup Race is on Sunday at 1 p.m. Dirty Mo' Time on TNT. Taylor, you and I will both be there, so, man, let's burn that thing down. Dale Jr. Download, uh, we're going to have some coverage there and uh, the Performance Racing Network. We'll have coverage on the radio of both of those races, and I might be yelling and screaming on it. For TJ Majors, for Dustin Lee, for Mike Davis, I'm Taylor Zarzer. This has been the Dale Jr. Download. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo Radio. Have you tried the new Dale Jr. potato chips? Are you wondering where you can find them? Today's your lucky day. Go to DaleJrFoods.com to see where you can find the chips in your area or place an order online. You can have them shipped right to you. That's DaleJrFoods.com.